You're listening to Salon Frequency, a podcast for salon professionals that are revolutionizing the texture of salon culture. And in case you're not quite sure what that means, I'm saying you are in this industry and in this world to make an impact. Maybe you've been doing the traditional way, quote unquote, and you're realizing the days of backbreaking work, sun up to sundown, are over. Or maybe you're just establishing yourself and are looking for a philosophy or a way to build a business that is liberating, a business that does not discount your talent or ambition. And if that's the case, I'm happy to be a reflection for you and also welcome you to another episode. As always, I am eternally grateful for your presence and for you choosing to invest your time with me today. My name is Jocelyn, and I'm just going to jump right into today's episode. Today's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to start today's episode with a story because I feel like it would help with the message that I'm trying to share with you. So just a quick story. A few years ago, there was this woman that had recently graduated from cosmetology school. She just had her first child and she made the decision to start building her salon business in her home. One day, this woman received notification that a new client had scheduled a consultation with her and she was like ecstatic because she was eager to have a full book of clientele because, you know, that's what she was told was the goal that she had to have a full book. And so during the consultation with this new client, her client mentioned how happy she was to have found this stylist that focused on hair care and listened to her because she had been to so many other stylists in the area and there was no one, like no one else that she felt she could go to to care for her hair. She was at the end of her rope and feeling really discouraged with her hair. So naturally, the stylist welcomed her to schedule a follow-up appointment for services. And on the day of the appointment, the client arrived just a little bit frazzled and was sharing how, you know, she just had all these woes and problems within her life. You know, there was issues with her dog and how frustrated she was with her job and how some of her bill payments were starting to fall behind and just, you know, all the things that are shared during a service. Meanwhile, as the stylist is doing her hair, she notices that this woman has all this shedding and the stylist thinks to herself, hmm, she really needs a treatment, but it just sounds like she won't be able to afford it right now. And I know she is really trying to improve her hair and I have to be the one to make this happen because there's no one else she can go to. So I'm just going to go ahead and do this treatment for her. And so the stylist silently applies this treatment while continuing to listen to her new client's life story. Now, fast forward, the treatment is done and now they're in the chair and the stylist notices that this client needs to have her hair trimmed. And so she asks the client, like, when was your last trim? And the woman tells her that it's been a while because the last person that did her trim, you know, took so much of her hair off and they charged her for like a haircut and she was just really upset about it. And so the stylist listens to the client and she goes with her best judgment and recommends a trim to this woman. And she promises to keep the length intact and she'll just do a light trim 
But the stylist fails to mention the cost of this service to the woman because she is unsure of what the last stylist charged her. And she doesn't know if her $25 upcharge is something that this new client would agree to. And she's trying to build her book. So she does not want to scare this woman away, especially this is her first service. At the end of the service, of course, the woman is impressed. I'm talking like hair flipping, looking in the mirror, just like amazed with herself. And of course, she has no issue whatsoever paying for this $55 silk press. And as the stylist is checking the client out and she sees her bag, this really nice new bag, she thinks to herself, you know, I'm so happy that my new client loves her hair and I think she'll tip me really well because look at her bag and I know her tip is going to be amazing because like she loves her hair and I did this $25 treatment. I added on a, you know, a complimentary trim. You know, I didn't mention anything to her about charging. So, you know, she's going to tip me well. This stylist got a $5 tip. Now, this story may or may not sound familiar and it may or may not surprise you that this is actually my story. Yep, this really happened. The stylist is me. I am that stylist or I was that stylist. And stories just like this happened to me more than once. And it wasn't until I heard from another salon professional the term compassion discounting that I was able to face what I was doing, which was discounting or stripping away my value based on what I think someone else values. And not only that, but I was taking food, opportunities, and security away from my family. I was working myself into the ground, not charging what I was worth, and allowing my ego, that voice in my head that says, like, I'm the only person that can serve this woman because nobody else can do her hair because she's gone all over the town and I'm the only one. I allowed my ego to make me feel like I had to do these things for people because they couldn't do for themselves. And somehow I would still earn what I needed to thrive. And I say thrive intentionally because just having a job is survival. A job is a set amount of income that can be budgeted against your expenses. But with having a business, like a business that you own as a salon professional, there's really no cap on your income because you determine how much income you'll make. And also you determine how much profit you'll have to reinvest in the business, to build the lifestyle you desire, to maintain that financial security. But thriving is really, really hard to do when you're counting someone else's pockets and not minding your own. And in the words of Elise from Curls Disrupted, one of my favorite podcasts, our businesses are there to support our lives. Our lives are not here to support our business. And that was really the kick in the stomach I needed to reevaluate my financial decisions. I could not sit here today, now in 2020, and say to you that I am completely debt-free, like no more student loans, no more credit cards, my business is not in debt, I don't have any medical bills to pay. I cannot do that if I have not made the conscious decision to prioritize my value and speak up for myself. And yes, I get it. It's really hard. And it's honestly still an ongoing practice for me, but it can be done. I'll share a few things with you that I did to help me get to this space after a quick message from one of our sponsors. I'm so glad you're back and ready to level up your worth because yes. 
Yes, I support you a thousand percent. You are worthy of monetary abundance, financial independence, and getting paid what you deserve. Internalize that. That is step one. The understanding of knowing that you deserve all this, that you are worth more, that you have value. Next up, you have to do the work. (laughs) Of course, there's no way around the work. You have to sit down and figure out your numbers if you don't already have them. And you need to know what income you need to thrive. Remember, we're not in the business to just survive or like keep our businesses afloat. We have created businesses to thrive. So what income do you need to thrive? How many clients do you need to see per month or per week? What are your expenses? What are your taxes and overhead, et cetera, et cetera. You need to know those things so that you can charge accordingly. And in doing the work to get those numbers, it may bring you to one of those conversations that surprisingly, a lot of salon professionals are not interested in having raising prices. I'm not going to dive deep into that topic right now, but what I will say, if the number you get after you work out what you need to be earning, if that number scares you, or if that number makes you feel like it's too much, like nobody's going to pay this, like how could I charge this? Just think about the cost of a car. Just real quick with me. Think about what it costs, what the car that you drive or the car that you like or the car that you're interested in, what does it cost? Back in the day, cars used to cost like $1,000, let's just say, and let's adjust that for like inflation. So we'll just say a car 10 years ago, or not even 10 years, maybe like 30 years ago or so, a car back then used to cost $1,000 and it would last longer than they do now. A car now, it's starting around $20,000. But look how many people have cars, right? And those cars that these people today are driving, they immediately depreciate and they come built to break. They're not built to last. And yet people buy them and feel like they need them. And if that car example didn't connect, let's think about something more relevant. Think about the cost of skincare products or Chipotle for that matter. I was just in there the other day, like this bowl is really $10. Like it used to cost me $6. Like what is happening? Chipotle didn't say like, oh, we're going to raise our prices. What do you think about it? Or please, please, please keep coming here. We're going to raise our prices. No, they adjusted their numbers and was like, you know, this is not enough. This $6 bowl is not cutting it. This bowl needs to be, you know, whatever it is now to get me to pay $10 at the end. And I'm still in there buying it. Every time I go in there, I get in line and I look up at the sign and I'm like, why is the veggie bowl 825? Like, and I keep standing there, right? The cost or expensiveness of something is entirely relative to what a person places value on. And you cannot base your value on how you or someone else perceives expensive. If you're delivering value, you're worth the cost. Or as I like to say, you're worth the investment. So your price is your price. It is not this salon's price or that stylist's price. It is your price. Do not compare yourself. What sense does it make to look at what someone else is charging for a service and like use that as your baseline, especially if you don't know how hard they are working 
or if they are willing to put in the hours or lack thereof compared to you, or if they're spending the same amount of time behind the chair, or if they're investing more of their time in classes to advance their skills. You don't know those things. So just don't compare. Instead, know your worth, know your value, know your numbers, and create the boundary that these are your prices. This is the base cost of the service and expect nothing less, period. I hope that hit home for you and I really appreciate you so much for listening. If you resonated with this episode or you were inspired by anything that I shared today, please consider posting a five-star rating or take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Be sure to tag Salon Frequency. You can also write a review on Apple Podcasts. These free things that you can do help support the community that I'm striving to build as a whole. So I thank you again so much. Don't forget to check the show notes and visit salonfrequency.com to join the vibe.